In this episode of The Interface, I speak with Fabian Dijon, Business Development and Engineering Manager for Amphenol Oxel. Fabian is based in France and has been with Oxel for close to 22 years. We talk about Oxel's business, both their legacy business and their newer customized power interconnects, specifically their value-added insulated bus bar solutions. We talk about the 25-year history of Oxel and his time there, including a couple of years spent in China to help run a plant. We talk about growing up on a farm and how the accountability, reliability, and passion you need to successfully run a farm translates well to his career at Amphenol. We talk about raising twin boys and the time he likes to spend outdoors with his family. And we discuss his Desert Island album, book, and movie. This is The Interface. All right, I want to make sure because I don't want to... <laughs> then later do the introduction and you're like he totally totally butchered my name (laughs) so i had to ask because sometimes you know i don't want to insult anybody by mispronouncing their last name so fabian dijon okay well thank you very much and thank you for being a part of this today thank you for agreeing to do this and and coming on the podcast so fabian if you could can you tell everyone what Amphenol Oxel is all about. Like, what do you specialize in for people who don't know? Just give a, a brief description of, of your business. Uh, so Amphenol, Amphenol Oxel is working on, uh, I'd like to start with the legacy market. And uh, we are, let's say, uh, in the industrial, renewable energy, railway, uh, business and residential. And we are actually very active on, uh, on some diversification on EV mm-hmm. and also uh, Comair. IT data com. So these are certainly the, the, the market we are trying to penetrate. And we are we have some big success there. And we do value-had uh, power interconnections. You know, okay. we speak always value-had interconnect, but we are specialists on power, power. compared to other um, Amphenol uh, AGIS, AGIS uh, companies. And we do all customized solutions based on the bus bar in the field of uh, power electronics. Mm-hmm. Power distributions. We develop typical um, railway traction converters solution, EV traction uh, motor inverters, you know, mm-hmm. ESS equipments, wind turbine converters, solar inverters. All these uh, equipment are uh, equipped, sorry, with uh, our solution, our power interconnection solution. We do not focus on the simple bus bar. You know, most of the time uh, people confuse about uh, Amphenol Excel doing bus bar. Yeah, we do some solution made with bus bar, but we are doing more, let's say, added value solution, likely insulated bus bar solution mm-hmm. made with a large panel of uh, insulation material and technology. For example, we, we, we address several functions like uh, high voltage resistance. Uh, we do also a very low inductive uh, interconnection for high switching frequency. We do uh, a lot of integration of uh, connector, like Amphenol uh, Radsock connector, but even sensor filtering and any sort of electronic components uh, yeah. soldering. And finally, uh, we do also a power terminal in the field of uh, uh, business uh, building and residential, typical uh, wow. catalog product. Yeah. And uh, certainly, uh, because we are doing only customized product, I think the, on the top of, of that, we... Uh, I'd like to particularly mention the team. We are developing solutions that came from ideas from people. And uh, I have really a great team, highly skilled, highly uh, involved and highly professional. So, and certainly more than I. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really proud of this, uh, to be part of this team. Yeah. 
that's quite a lot to take in. I mean, that's an incredible, incredibly broad diversity of technology uh, in the spectrum there as far as what you're doing with basically customizing all these power solutions that's that's based on bus bars, but really getting super specific, super technical, adding some of these newer technologies, uh, uh, whether it's uh, low inductive bus bars or uh, high voltage, high temperature. That's a lot to offer customers. Uh, how difficult is it for you to talk to customers about this? You know, first of all, it's an experience. We have uh, in our general Excel more than 25 years experience. So mm -hmm. when we speak about high voltage resistance, low inductivity, etc., is really uh, the daily discussion. So yeah. uh, it's not a big issue. Um, and I think the most complex today is certainly to address the new uh, constraints that came from this uh, new generation of uh, components like the semiconductors. Mm -hmm. uh, we have there... Uh, New constraints, likely, likely the compactness, high power, uh, high temperature, etc. So this is certainly the most complex to address, and also to keep to keep the certain level of credibility uh, with customer uh, with regard to these uh, technical changes. We have there a very very great team on uh, on R&D who is working on the, on some uh, specific uh, new technologies uh, to address these new uh, parameters. When do you typically hear from a customer. In other words, you have this broad range of, of uh, capabilities from a technology standpoint, but when do they typically come to you in their design process? We have two cases. The first is the when the customer is well established with a, a great design team. So they pre-designed some solution already, including the, this uh, bus bar solution. This is certainly 50% of the cases. And other 50% are certainly uh, because the customer are looking for customized solution, they are not very sure about what how they have to, to design this very low inductive bus bar, for example. Like even in EV, you know, in EV we have some customer uh, working on the, on weekly basis with us, trying mm -hmm. to develop solution together. Right. And this is certainly uh, the the trends, the trend of this development, and uh, they are trying to find the right partner to uh, accompany them. Uh, on the right way. So you act more as like an, a design or, or an engineering partner with these uh, companies, more so <laughs> than than fulfilling. You know, they're they're not picking things as you already pointed out out of a product catalog that Amphenol Oxel has. This is all custom by and large. So you're partnering with them to help solve their problems on a daily basis, right? Definitely, yeah. yeah. We are uh, we are developing solution. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. As far as the the facilities that you have, where um, you do the engineering and also the production, uh, what are the Oxel facilities that you could talk about? Yeah, Amphenol Oxel headquarters is located in north of France, close to Lille, which is one hour uh, far from Paris, north Paris. And then we have some other production location in Tunisia, in China, in India. And one thing very important, we have also the possibilities to extend production also in North America with the sister company called AIPC. We are working mm -hmm. very closely together uh, with this AIPC uh, company, even because we have a similar product or technology. Right. Market is certainly a bit different, but we have a very, uh, let's say, close, um, let's say, solutions. And, and, and yes, we are trying to take the benefit of this location in North America, as well as for the AIPC. They, have also, they are also addressing some business in, in Europe, for example, uh, using our uh, location there in Europe. 
Can you tell me a little bit about the history of Oxel? Um, as you pointed out, okay. I think it's been 25 years or so. And you yeah. know, if I looked at your profile correctly, you've been there almost the entire time. So can you just give us a little brief history of the company? It was Oxel, a family company created in 96. Yeah. So I joined in 2000, so not really at the beginning. But anyway, I started at least in, not in Oxel when, they, when we really started, uh, let's say, uh, what we call the laminated build bar solution. Right. We have uh, today in, in most of our production. So we had a factory in South of France, in Montpellier. We used to produce laminated build bar for some of our competitors, etc. And then this company, uh, it was called Ceram at the very beginning. This small company has been acquired by Oxel in uh, like in uh, 2002. Mm -hmm. And then we have also uh, regrouped the whole factory together in Lille. So it means we closed this factory in South of France to regroup all of them in North of France mm -hmm. with the intention to develop activities in China. I see. Uh, it was in 2006. And then we also developed production in India in 2015. And finally, we have been acquired by Amphenol in 2016. Okay. So you're acquired by Amphenol in 2016. How much of a change was that for you? And, and how long did it take for you to get comfortable of uh, being a part of, you know, you going from a, a small largely family-run business to now this huge multi-billion dollar corporation. Uh, what was that like for you and for the team? Uh, it's a big, big change because, you know, it was likely my first job, yeah. you know. So nearly working only for family companies and suddenly working for, let's say, worldwide big companies. Yeah. It was a bit strange at the beginning, you know. People are always always afraid by the change, you know. Yeah. But we very fast uh, soon realized that the benefit of it, mm -hmm. and because I think the the most important is how specialism you know in terms of management managed to all companies. I don't want to enter too much in the details, but it's a very special companies, and I am uh, so very happy. First of all, because the the, the Pavi family has sold the company to Amphenol. That's mm -hmm. the first good point. Yeah. And that Amphenol was were interested in this company, Amphenol Oxel. So right. no, I'm extremely happy. And uh, and all the parameters uh, in the companies are today on the on the right way because of some uh, very good accompaniment from from Amphenol. Well, that's good. It sounds like some some big things going on at Amphenol Oxel. Got a lot of different technologies and in, in bus bars and customization for, for power distribution. It's fantastic stuff. So if people want to check it out, definitely go to their website, by the way. Oxel, A-U-X-E-L.com. There, a little promotion for you while we're at it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you have a good website. So let me back up for uh, a bit now. Young Fabian, growing up in France, tell me what it was like for, for you. What were you like as a, as a young kid, young boy, going up through high school and all that? Something uh, maybe uh, interesting for you. I grew up in, on the countryside of South of France, mm -hmm. in a farm. Okay. <laughs> in a farm, and uh, I, we, were, we, are, we were located uh, close to the highest bridge in Europe, called uh, Le Viaduc de Millau. It's, uh, okay. it's higher than the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> wow. Holy cow. And uh, this is close to the, let's say, the village called uh, Mio. I grew, I grew up with uh, one brother, two sisters in, uh, in this farm with a family who were very, uh, let's say, deeply involved in the farm, you know, 
what kind of farm was it? Was there a specific? Oh, it was a farm where we were specialized on the purebred crow breeding. You know, so we were very focusing on a special special uh, breed uh, by gen- genetic selection competition, just for selection. You know, mm-hmm. it's not likely just a crow that we we uh, we uh, we accompany and grow and, and kill for for the meat. It's yeah. really the selection, the genetic. So mm-hmm. we were very specialized in these uh, purebred. Yeah. What was it like growing up on a farm? Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, I had a lot of, of friends uh, visiting me because, you know, uh, uh, growing up in a farm is, is fantastic. You know, you have the nature, you have the animals, you have everything. And uh, and that's really tra- that, that's really uh, uh, fantastic. And uh, just imagine 12 years driving a tractor yeah. and uh, how, how far I am today. <laughs> but But finally... I'd like a way to say, when I speak to, to friends, I'd like to say that it's not so far, you know, because when you grow in a, in a family uh, company like a farm, it's it's very similar to what we are doing today on yeah. a daily basis. Like you, you need a, uh, to have this family company spirit, you know, that's very amazing. Right. And uh, you need a very high personal involvement, involvement on what you do, high reliability, resilience, you know. These words are very fashion, but very, very important in this in this activity. And uh, maybe, maybe certainly the, the most important is the patient. The patient, when you do such kind of job or when you live in a, in a, in, in farm or with a, particularly in this activity with purebred, is really a patient. You know. So my brother is still uh, still active on this, and uh, sometimes uh, when I can, I, I visit the farm, <laughs> etc. I mean, I did not grow up on a farm. Uh, I, I grew up basically in, in the suburbs uh, so <laughs> of, of New York, so I did not grow up on a farm. However, uh, when I was in high school, I moved to a rural area right here near Sydney, New York, that had farms all over the place. Look, one thing about you know people who live on farms and, and farmers is they know how to work. Um, you could say when all is said and done, the one thing they all have in common is they know how to work and they know how to work hard. And, and I think that that spirit that, you know, you don't have a choice but to put in the work. You can't just sit back idly and and let the farm take care of itself. It requires constant uh, upkeep and care. You know, my brother-in-law, he grew up on a farm, and and I know how hard he and his family uh, worked over the years and as he was growing up. And everyone has to be involved, too. It can't just be, you know, the mother and the father and then maybe the oldest child. It has to be everyone with a, with a, a work ethic. And so, you grew up on that farm, that work ethic is instilled in you at a young age, and, and I could see how you make that comparison to how we are here. Those same work principles apply to a business like this, whether it's a small family business or even the Amphenol Corporation. Very interesting way of looking at it. I, I like that. So you still get to go back, which is good, so it's still in the family. Absolutely, yeah. Sometimes I wish I lived in a farm. Sometimes. <laughs> I would send you a nice picture. I would send you a nice picture. Yeah, I'd love to see it. That'd be great. Um, so when you went to uh, university then, what did you end up studying? Well, uh, from study, uh, I have a bachelor master degrees in engineering. I like mechanics, you know. And uh, since I was very young, I was very interested in mathematics, mechanics, and this is a good combination. Yeah. Uh, we call nowadays mechatronics, but it's not nearly very the same. Yeah. Is it something that you were interested in as you were growing up um, and even being on the farm and thinking, I want to get into mechanical engineering or did it just kind of come about as you started going to school? No, I always like to do mechanics related jobs. You know? Yeah. 
and uh, high level as possible, <laughs> highest level as possible. But uh, yeah, because he's just a patient, you know. After you got done, then uh, what were some of your first jobs before uh, you started at Oxel? Oh yeah, again interesting. I started with <laughs> you start you start to smile. <laughs> and uh, now the first job I had during the studies was uh, for a very big worldwide American company called McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, very but very interesting, very interesting. When yeah. it came from a farm, you know, and uh, that's extremely interesting. The organization I recommend it, and I will push my 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 children to have uh, some time to to spend some time there. <laughs> But then my first job was, uh, my official first job after uh, studies was uh, in Anf, you know, the Oxel, the company called Serra. I just started with this company. Mm -hmm. And I started as a, as a project manager at the very beginning. Yes. And then after the, the five years as a project manager, I have been promoted as a, like, likely the Chinese location coordinator when we started in 2006. Mm. Well, it was a very good experience because I was traveling there something like two weeks uh, a month, meeting people, very different people, you know, mm -hmm. uh, very far from where I grew up. So that was extremely interesting. And I, I did it for two, three years. And then I have been, uh, we have, they have proposed to me to become uh, likely the product, the production manager in, the, in this factory in the start of France. Mm -hmm. It was not really a job for me on the paper, you know, I'm not really a, a production manager. Yeah. <laughs> But the big point is that I knew the team and uh, I said, okay, because of the team, because of these people and people, I can do it. And effectively, it was really a great success from my point of view, of course, maybe not at the level we, we should be today, but at this, at this period of time, it, was, uh, it went very well. So I took this function for four years. And then uh, when we decided to regroup the two, the two factories on the north of France, I become uh, a sales, a sales for Antinor Excel. Mm -hmm. Still moving in Europe and uh, also uh, uh, overseas. And finally, in 2018, I become a BDM, Business Development Manager and uh, Engineering Manager. Yeah. Because today I'm, I'm, I'm doing these two, uh, two functions. You've done a lot at this company over the years, for sure. It's 20 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a good amount of, of different roles and, and projects and things you've worked on. And, and I'm assuming in that time, too, pretty safe to assume that it's grown unbelievably in that amount of time as well. It's, that's pretty obvious. I mean, that's yeah. got to give you a personal sense of satisfaction, right? To see this over the years grow as much as it has. Yeah, sure. Of course, I'm very humble, but uh, yeah, for sure. I'm really, really happy on, on where I am today. And uh, it's not the end for sure, <laughs> somewhere. Sure. But uh, yeah, I'm so happy. And, uh, and you know, the most important, what I'm saying to my children every day in, uh, is that, uh, You need to like what you do. You know that's that's very key. And oh, yeah. uh, I am staying for 20 years in, in this company. You know I have I had a, some some opportunity to move to change the jobs to do something different because you know today the, the trend is really to to change. You know, but no, I don't want. And I really like what I do. And uh, I, am, I am very also very happy to work with this uh, Alfinol company, which is uh, just again uh, fantastic. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I could not agree more. So yeah, you have to love what you do. And I know in this time right now where people you know, decide to stop working or switch jobs or whatever it is, uh, one of the pieces of advice I always heard, I'm not saying that this is always true, but it's, it's true quite often, more often than maybe people think, is the two best jobs you've ever had is the one you just left and the one you're going to. It's never the one you're in. 
And you have to really be happy with the one you're in. And I'm glad to see you, like myself, are really happy in the job that you're in. So you mentioned you have a couple kids. So when you're not working then, what do you like to do with the family when you're off work? Certainly a big part is taking care of the children. Yeah. <laughs> I have twins, two guys, 11 years old, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's quite tough. But no, 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 that, that's fine. <laughs> and uh, what I like to do is, <laughs> what I like to do is uh, practicing motor, uh, enduro motorcycle. You know, oh, okay. and um, but also uh, trying to uh, let's say uh, everything is related to mountain and nature. Yeah. Um, for example, you know, it's it's a bit like uh, the third dimension of my life. You know, uh, <laughs> that's very interesting. But uh, for example, every holidays I'm going to mountains for hiking, skiing. Mm. I have even a, a great uh, a great mountain close to my house here called uh, Le Pic Saint-Loup, which is also very famous for, for wine. Yeah. And, uh, you know, from my home office, I can see the mountain, you know, and it's a bit like uh, she called me every time for running around, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, <laughs> that's really funny, but it's, it's really the case. And uh, at the moment, I'm, I'm, I'm also preparing a tray. Uh, it's likely a new patient uh, for the last, uh, the last uh, 18 months. And certain, certainly the reason is because... Uh, I'm trying to keep faster than uh, than my my twins, you know. <laughs> <laughs> What's it like having twins, raising twins? At the beginning, it's really uh, amazing because you know, and it's difficult for me to say that it's more or less difficult with twins because it was my first children, you know, and right. only, only two. Yeah. I just want to say it's certainly not double work than uh, than a single children because you do everything twice, but yeah. at the same time. You know, yeah. it makes the difference. <laughs> sure. And uh, no, it's not it's not very difficult. And, you know, when when they were born, I was already traveling a lot. So I think I, I should have to ask my, my wife <laughs> about it. <laughs> I was trying to help as much as I can during yeah. the weekend to recover as much as possible. The fact that I was uh, out of home. But no, that, that's not so difficult, I want to say. Depend on children. If they all see, etc., everything is fine. So we are happy and the life is good. Yeah, that's great. It must be fun, though, for sure. So now we'll we'll wrap up here with this, okay? Um, if I take you, just you, no, not not going to put you on a farm, not going to put you up on the mountain. I'm going to put you on a desert island by yourself, right? So you get to kick back and relax. And I say to you, okay, Fabian, you can bring with you one album, one book, one movie. We'll start with an album. What album would you bring with you? Okay, music. I think I will go for certainly rock and roll. But, you know, it's I, I like a lot, very various type of, of music. And uh, at the moment, for example, I like a singer with a very special voice, you know, like a very distinctive voice, like, uh, for example, Clara Luciani, such kind of people. And... Uh, which is uh, very popular at this moment. But mm -hmm. yeah, maybe Clara Luciani at this moment. Yes. I'm really, uh, you know, I like music for a certain period of time. And then, you know, like uh, fashion or <laughs> depending on the humor, etc. Yeah, okay. No, I follow you. Okay, um, so how about a book? What book would you would you bring? Oh, a book. I think, uh, you know, I, I really don't like the idea to be alone in, a, in Iceland. That's really not for me. And uh, if I, I have to choose a book, Certainly, I will go for a book who helped me to escape. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So like a survival's guide or something. Yeah, absolutely. Or like how to build a boat to get out of here. 
Yeah, absolutely. How about a movie then? And a movie, maybe certainly, uh, I was thinking about that and uh, I would like to, uh, let's say, uh, think about my colleagues in North of France. We have a very famous uh, movie it's called uh, Bienvenue chez les Ch'tis. Uh, she's very famous in, in France and uh, meaning is uh, welcome to the North globally. Okay. Welcome to the North. And uh, yeah. in short, in short summary is likely uh, you cry when you arrive and you also cry when you leave, you know, <laughs> uh, because the people are, are so nice. And that, that's really true. And uh, my colleagues from the North are, are most of them, <laughs> extremely nice, very nice. So, yeah. Oh, it's wonderful stuff. Well, listen, Fabian, I want to thank you for taking the time to do this today. I know we've been uh, talking about it for a little bit. We finally got together. So I'm, I'm glad that we did. It's been a fun talk. So thank you for doing this. Thank you very much, Chris.